Welcome back to episode 24 of the FPL Draft Hub podcast, this week looking ahead to game week 4. Welcome back to episode 24 of the FBL Draft Hub podcast, coming in off the back of game week 3 and looking ahead to game week 4 before we then all get a breather with the October international break. Another goal fest this weekend, though it felt comparatively tame compared to the week before. As always, I'll be bringing you some of the stats from the Draft Universe feature on fbldrafthub.com, which uh, offers a unique insight into how the masses are tinkering with their teams and the overall ownership stats are still showing that there's plenty of value sat in the waiver pile. I don't have a specific section on new signings this week, but I will be mentioning Samedo and Mendy in the main section of this episode. And then following the main bit, I will have the usual segments on hidden gems, the overowned list, and my one to miss for this week's transactions. So let's get into it. So let's start with the forwards as always. Um, so limited in the striker pool that anyone really worth mentioning has ownership above 95%. So picking up a striker off the waiver pile will remain difficult uh, for much of the season. One player who I'd not really paid any attention to so far was Callum Robinson, who's now with West Brom, who came away with 13 fantasy points in West Brom's 3-3 draw with Chelsea. He looks set to continue as the first choice centre forward in a West Brom team which has surprised me with the amount of goals they're scoring. Definitely worth picking up if your third forward isn't quite up to scratch. Owned in just 1% of eight-team leagues, he's definitely one of the top 24 strikers on offer right now and should find his way into somebody's team. The other striker to mention is Aaron Connolly, maybe somebody uh, I could have shown some love to last week following his goal against Newcastle. And he was given a starting spot again against Man United on Saturday and looked a good fit working with the likes of Mope and Trossard. He's not somebody I'd go out of my way for, but if you've got a striker that's not playing, say any Anacho, McBurney or Ale, he's probably an upgrade on those. He's currently free in less than 7% of leagues, so he should be there for you. And his ownership tripled between game weeks 2 and 3, and I expect that to grow even more this week. On to the midfielders then, and I should probably have a weekly segment on Leandro Trossard um, because it's him again that I'm going to talk about. And despite a poor week in terms of FPL points, I can't say he really let us down. He hit the woodwork three times against United on Saturday, really unlucky, and continued to be the focal point of Brighton's attacks. Ownership still stands at just 65% in larger leagues and just 18% in eight-man leagues. Definitely one to go and get. Second one to talk about is uh, Pereira for West Brom, another player I've mentioned before, continuing to show his class and I can see him fetching a big fee next summer when he inevitably leaves them. Got an assist in the game against Chelsea and now has 17 points from his opening three games. West Brom play Southampton, Burnley, Brighton and Fulham in their next four and I expect him to double his fantasy points tally by the time game week eight comes around. His ownership has been steadily increasing each week and still only sits about 25% in eight-team leagues, so should be there for most of you to go and get. Last week, I was tempted to mention some West Ham players, but given their lacklustre start and difficult fixtures, I decided to give them a miss. But now here we are following a convincing 4-0 win over Wolves, and pick of the West Ham bunch at the weekend was Jared Bowen, with two goals and an FPL score of 15 points. Currently available in two-thirds of larger leagues and almost all eight-man leagues, um, with uh, just 15% ownership, so definitely a good one to go out and get. 
His teammate Suchek is even less owned and continues to look a goal-scoring threat from virtually every set-piece that West Ham get. He's free in up to 95% of leagues and may be the one more likely to get you some returns during West Ham's difficult run, where games are more likely to be difficult for them up top and set-pieces could provide them with the main scoring chances. The last midfielder I'll mention is Podence for Wolves. We saw his ownership more than double this week, likely in response to Diogo Jota leaving and his starting place looking more assured. Picked up a mind shoulder injury, which saw him miss that game against West Ham, but it looks likely he'll be fit again for the next game against Fulham. And the prospect of owning a frontline player against that Fulham defence is definitely worth a punt. Fulham look to have emerged as the early whipping boys and are a fixture I will look to target. On to defenders, and they're really proving difficult to value early this season, largely due to the lack of clean sheets. Um, the first one I'm going to mention is Johnny Evans. Uh, missed two opening games due to a suspension carried over from the end of last season, but looked strong again at the back in Leicester's shock win over Man City. Leicester managed to stifle the majority of City's attacks, and the two goals they conceded were both from set pieces. Leicester have now got two home games against the Claret and Blue crew in West Ham and Aston Villa. Two games you would expect them to win, given recent form. And Evans is available in around a third of mid-sized leagues and could be a sensible, albeit less glamorous, early waiver to make this week. Next is uh, a guy who's been getting a lot of attention on social media uh, because he's new to the league. Um, Nelson Semedo, who Wolves have just signed as a replacement for Doherty in that right wing back spot. Signed for, uh, sounds like around 30 million from Barcelona. Part of that clear out that's really taking off at Barcelona now and has been a fairly consistent figure in their starting 11 over the past few seasons. Got his first league start straight away in the 4-0 defeat to West Ham. Uh, welcome to the Premier League. And while I'm not going to put any blame on him for that, he's not a player I'm particularly excited by anyway. He is a Wolves defender, which has been a premium asset in recent times but I think they are really going to miss the defensive solidity that Doherty provided in addition to his attacking threat. I'll be honest my opinion of Semedo relies heavily on my memory of Spurs playing Barca in the Champions League a couple of years back when he was made to look very ordinary by Ben Davies. Uh, I expect him to go in the first couple of waivers in a lot of leagues this week due to the hype so if you fancy him be sure to pencil him in near the top and as mentioned for Podence before their fixture against Fulham puts them as the bookies favourite to keep a clean sheet this week. Speaking of the bookies, uh, Arsenal were the second favourites to keep a clean this week against the impotent Sheffield United attack. If you're looking for a way in there, holding is most likely available with ownership of just under 30% in larger to mid-sized leagues but obviously if you find yourself in the position to get the likes of Bellerin Tierney or Gabriel, they would probably be better options. On to the goalkeepers then, and Martinez remains under-owned following his switch from Arsenal back up to Villa's starting keeper. Currently picked up in less than half of eight-team leagues. Really impressive start, uh, though his record was preserved by VAR penalising Fulham for a foul in the build-up to a goal they scored. Two clean sheets from two and a penalty save just to throw in there too. Um... And despite having played a game less than most clubs, he is currently the highest scoring keeper with 19 points. Villa have Liverpool and Leicester either side of the international break. But beyond then, the games start to look a lot more attractive. And I wonder if he could be this season's Pope. 
Finally, uh, Eduard Mendy, another player with a lot of hype this week. New Chelsea signing from Rennes should slot straight into the starting eleven. And in fact, at the time of recording this, it's just been announced that he will have his Chelsea debut in the Carabao Cup uh, against Spurs tonight. Chelsea have now spent more on goalkeepers in the past couple of years than some teams have spent on their squads in the last decade. So, you know, I expect Mendy to be high on waiver priorities this week being taken within the first two or three picks. And if you find yourself with high waiver priority and are not majorly in need of him, he could have decent trade value in a prearranged deal. Let's talk about some hidden gems then. These are players with less than 10% ownership. For the goalkeepers, there are none really worth mentioning. I'm not going to go near the Fulham keeper situation, uh, even though Ariola is now possibly my favourite name in the league, just ahead of Cock. For defenders, there's just one that I feel is really worthy of a mention here, and that's Joel Ward, whose ownership is less than 7%, has played all 270 minutes of Palace so far. Potentially tough game against Chelsea next, but a good run of fixtures after the break. Crystal Palace defenders could be hot property ahead of game week five, so this week might be a chance to get in ahead of the curve. Just a couple of midfielders to mention, and neither of them are ones that I'm going to particularly rave about. The first is Oli Burke for Sheffield United, whose ownership sits just around 0%, so he should be there in a lot of your leagues. Sheffield love giving us uh, an out-of-position FPL player, and this season it's, uh, as I said, it's Oli Burke, who's listed as a midfielder but playing up front. Played quite well against Leeds, and Sheffield were unlucky not to score. I can see him starting a few more games now up top, uh, providing they don't bring another striker in uh, before the window shuts, but uh, definitely one to consider. The second one, and like any recommendations for Chelsea to be taken with a pinch of salt, is Callum Hudson-Odoi, who's owned in around 5% of leagues. Seems lost at the moment in the struggle between the youth products and the hide guns. Uh, with a fully fit squad, it's difficult to see him uh, getting regular minutes. But with injuries to Pulisic and Ziyech, he could be somebody that Lampard turns to in the next few weeks. This transfer is more likely to be a kind of last-minute free agent if you've got an injury and looking to gamble somewhere. The forwards market remains very tight, and there aren't any options I can pull out in the less than 10% ownership category, I've already spoken about Callum Robinson, who could have been mentioned in this section. So hopefully we'll see some new options brought in the league before the transfer window shuts on Monday. Next, on to the over-owned section. A few goalkeepers to mention here. The first is Henderson, who still sits at more than 90% ownership, which is ridiculous as he looks set to be a cup keeper this year. Next is Dubravka, again, who I've mentioned before, and I suspect he'll be on my overown list all the way up until he's fit again. Still has higher ownership than Ramsdale, Martinez, Ryan McCarthy, and his very capable replacement, Darlow. The final one is uh, an obvious one, given who we've talked about already, and that's keeper, Ariza Balaga, owned in around 90% of leagues, and Operation phase-out has already begun with Caballero starting against West Brom. So definitely someone to look to shift out. On to midfielders and the first one to mention is Jorginho at Chelsea. Many will have him in for his assured minutes and having the bonus of being the Chelsea penalty taker when he's there. He's not from one in penalties so far this year. And I heard some interesting analysis from 
Rob Green on Tuesday about how the new VAR scrutiny that keepers are under for coming off their lines early could actually change the way players take penalties. Given that goalkeepers are now unable to steal momentum during the final milliseconds before the ball is kicked, keepers now have to be far more reactive with their saves instead of the old-fashioned technique of choosing a side and reaching for the post. So successful penalties are therefore more likely to be shots high into the net where goalkeepers will be able to reach. Now they're more pinned to their lines. So whether this sees Jorginho modifying his penalty taking style or if another player steps up to the plate, it wouldn't fill me with that much confidence either way. And he's currently owned in around 60% of leagues. Next is Thiago, whose ownership has skyrocketed to 77% following his arrival to the league. Refer to my previous podcast for my full thoughts on him. Not an FPL asset any more than Fabinho or Wijnaldumar. Good for the odd game or double game week, but generally there will be better options for you. Could be a good trade bait as part of a package deal. Next is Gilfie Sigurdsson, whose ownership is at 45%. And now I drafted Gilfie Sigurdsson as my 15th round pick on draft day on the off chance he found his way into the exciting new Everton attack but that hasn't happened and doesn't look like happening either he's already left my squad and should be leaving yours too if you own him Hendrick again another one I might be talking about quite a lot still a massive hangover from his game week one heroics I wonder if his ownership will remain inflated for the season as some managers become less than hands-on with the management of their draft teams if you're listening though and are one of the 39% still have him then he's definitely one to move on and in positive news Mesut Ozil's uh, ownership dropped a third this week down to just over 20% so good to see at least some viruses are being eradicated from the world my one to avoid this week is Conor Hurahan for Aston Villa off the back of 14 fantasy points against Fulham I'm sure many will be drawn to him this week he's a player I like and will probably find himself in the hidden gem section before too long. The only issue is those two fixtures against Liverpool and Leicester that I've mentioned previously. But from game week six onwards, he's definitely someone that could be worth a punt. But I don't think you need to rush to get him in now. So that's it for this episode. Starting to get to the stage now where the waiver pile is looking a little bit stale and hard to know if you should stick or twist on some of your own struggling assets. Um, As it has been in previous weeks, the waiver deadline is 11am on Friday, the 2nd of October, with free agency finishing 24 hours later. After this round of games, we go into the international break. And also during that time, as mentioned, uh, we have the transfer deadline on the 6th of October, I believe, next Monday. So heading into the next podcast, we should have some time to consider the squads as they're likely to look until January at least um, and assess how some of the lineups are likely to be following the international break when some of the key injuries should have resolved as well. As previously mentioned, fpldrafthub.com is up and running and totally free and you can get full access to all of the numbers I've mentioned in this episode as well as getting your own personalised stats for your team and league and as far as we know there is nothing else currently out there like this. You can catch all future episodes of the FPL Draft Hub podcast on all podcast streaming services. And if you found this useful, please give it a share. Subscribe so that you don't miss out when future pods are released. And please consider leaving us a review. 
If you've got any questions, ideas or feedback for us, the easiest way to get through is on Twitter at FPL Draft Hub Pod or you can email um, on fpldrafthubpod at gmail.com. Uh, either one of those should get through to us. So thanks again for listening. Don't forget your waivers. And as always, stay shook.